We have, not only have we got just me up here, I'm going to just do a little introduction. And then we are, I've got asked a couple of folks to come and share, so share some points. So, going to be the over, have you got the overhead up there as well, somewhere? There we go. So, do you, you remember the square I sent out? Sort of, yeah. Nobody understood it. Good, good. Yeah, that's okay. So, we had a, remember that we've had the triangle? Remember the triangle? Up, in and out. We're now onto the squares, okay? It's not geometry, whatever you call that. Is that geometry? Is that the right word for it? Anyway, um, so we are looking at what does it mean to, about leadership. So this is the leadership square. So just a quick introduction, and then we're going to look at the four stages of leadership and discipleship. And we've got four very talented, very gifted people to come and share each of those things. So, um, so here we go. Um, let me read this from Mark chapter 10. And it says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with us. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be the least, or servant, least, yeah. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Now, Jesus, Jesus leadership provides us with a very powerful tool of how we can obviously go on and lead others in our culture and in our situation. And Jesus, Jesus sorry, leadership, Jesus style, is not about position, as we've just heard from Mark chapter 10, I've just read, but is about how we relate to one another. And we are all called to some level of leadership. You get that? We, no matter where you are, you are all called to some level of leadership. And our priority should be that we should live out a transformed life in front of those that we are leading. Now, our culture, which we live in, is very much about management, control. It's about, I guess, managing growth and productivity and human resources and all of that. However, if you go to times of crisis, you walk into any A&E department on a Saturday night, if you're a nurse, you'll know this, or if you walk into a war zone, people aren't looking for managers at that point. They are looking for leaders who will make split-second decisions that are going to save lives. And the church is crying out for leaders who will model a life that is worth following. So leadership is not just about strategy. It's not about core values necessarily or missional statements or or even about church growth principles. It's about leaders first becoming disciples of Jesus and prayerfully with missional hearts that are actually broken for the culture and for the society in which they live in. And out of that, the rest will follow. So we need to get rid of sometimes of maybe the the management type situation and think, first of all, about making disciples. That is our priority above everything else. We've been commissioned to go.
and make disciples of all nations. So four stages, okay? Stage number one, Helen, it's going to come up. Okay, we're going to try and go this really quickly, we hope. Okay, this has not been rehearsed. This is the, this is the rehearsal at the moment, okay? So here we go. Sorry, I'm still not coming down. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I'll just read this passage. Mark 1, 15 to 20. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When they had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Jesus' encounter with his first disciples. It was not chosen on the basis of their gifts or CV or T-shirts. He simply offered them a relationship and a vision to follow. They stepped out, put their nets down and followed him. They are confident but incomplete. Jesus spoke clearly and directly to draw them in. He wasn't democratic. There was no vote on the way forward or his teaching of the kingdom. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He leads by example, going about teaching, healing, casting out demons, while the disciples followed and watched and observed. So, D1, confident and incomplete, was for high enthusiasm, high confidence, low experience, and low competence. At the beginning, there are highs and lows. In any new idea, phase, or purpose in life, you feel confident and yet yet and yet lack competence because it is a new experience. Your first day at school or university, excitement leads to confidence, but you lacked experience and competence. To set out on a new trail, we need strong, confident leaders to show the way. There will be a time for consensus, for gathering and listening to opinions. Directive L1, directive leadership, is about high direction, high example, low consensus and low explanation. Leaders need to be broken, humble servants. Okay, so, so we've got... Now, the D, the D, just get your mind. Your D is about disciples, okay? And the L is to do with leaders, okay? So in stage one, we've seen there that they, they need to be confident. The disciples, they have got no idea what they're doing. Completely incompetent, um, but they're very enthusiastic. The leaders at this point need to be, Jesus is very direct in how he teaches them. So the principle is, I do, Jesus does, you follow, disciples follow. Stage one. Stage two. Right, you lovely lot. Okay. Uh, Eventually, the disciples realize that they've got no idea, so the pressure mounts and they've got no confidence. So they realise that they're following a man who is questioned by everyone, so kind of the fun aspect disappears. They question their call to follow, but here Jesus says, I'll do, but you help. Now the lovely Paul is going to do a reading for me because it's tiny on my iPad. I'm down to make it bigger. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, go.
Brill, thank you. I've got it now. So he says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus here is telling them to let go of their old, uh, their old securities and find security in him. And it all comes down to grace. It's not what the, best get this bit right. It's not what they can do for God, but what He can do through them. Jesus becomes in this part more a coach in this new situation. He looks for ways for spending more time with them. He becomes their shepherd, demonstrating the Father's grace and love. And this is where we move on to D two. D two, unenthusiastic and incompetent. They've got low enthusiasm, low confidence, low experience, and low competence. Scroll up. Now, stage two, this particular stage that I'm talking on, is the most important development process for a disciple. People at this stage often question and lose focus. They flip between D1 and D2. But we must receive the grace that comes only by fully experiencing the D2 phase. This particular phase is inevitable. You will be tempted to give up. I can hold my hands up and say, I've, there's times when I've questioned, there's times when I've doubted. I've been a Christian for goodness knows how many years. And there's always times where I question and I doubt. So it's inevitable. We'll all go through it. So that's something I think we can all really take heart from. Okay. Uh, without an L2 leader, visionary coach, uh, who is prepared to offer you time, vision, and grace, you won't make it onto the turn D3. Now, one of the reasons why we're exploring extended families on a mission is it's always easiest for leaders to journey together as a band of brothers. I love that word, a band of brothers together. We're in it together. Learning from each other's successes and failures. Now, D2 is a vital learning experience. Without an L2 leader to support and guide you, you will struggle to move on to D3. Now, a visionary coach, the L2, provides high direction, high discussion, high example and high, accessi- high accessibility. Now, the second stage is a testing point for the leader. They need to offer God's grace and encouragement. All of that. And to do this, they use a ladder of grace and vision, always pointing to grace and a vision, being realistic and realising that through God, we achieve not by our own works, which is just the glory of God. It's amazing what happens when a leader can take a person or group out of his own striving and into a place of resting in grace. Their confidence begins to grow because they are seeing it is God's work by grace, not their own works, not their own efforts. However, it doesn't end here. As leaders, we must learn to move disciples into a new phase of confidence and experience. Okay, so this is the most miserable place to be, to be honest. Um, You you started with real enthusiasm, but knew nothing. Now you've got to the point where you just, I've got no enthusiasm and you still know nothing. Um, As a disciple, that's not good. And many people never get past this. And this is where God's grace and vision must kick in at this particular point. And so many people go from, 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 the, from, from discipleship, one part, to discipleship, two part, back to one, to two, to one, to two, to one, to two. But we need to move on to five, three. <laughs> Who's three? <laughs> so, we're on for me now, as... You just heard. So John fifteen twelve to 17 says, uh, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And so Jesus um, takes time away from the crowds, quite often actually, to spend time with his disciples. And as we come into the third stage of growth, it's, it, the, the, sort of, the sort of catchphrase, if you like, is you do it and I'll help. So now the leader is helping the disciple to do. Um, and it says, Jesus is saying to disciples that I'm your friend. So up to this sort of D3 point, D1 and 2, they've been sort of like the hired hands, the workers. Uh, but now they're friends of Jesus. And a friend embraces a common objective and aim. And they share life. They laugh together. They spend time together. Uh, they share the work. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Mark and I are used to uh, this kind of thing, aren't we? So, um, oh, I've lost my place now, Mark. Oh, yeah, they laugh together. They share time together. They, they do fun things together. And they're, they're friends. They're not kind of like this person's a leader, this person's a disciple. There's still that relationship, but it's actually a friendship as well. Um, and so the disciple, the D3 here is growing in confidence. They're increasing in enthusiasm, growing in experience. Um, oh, it's intermittent confidence, so more confident than they were before, but still up and down a bit. And they're growing in their competency as well. And it's at this point where the disciple has to acknowledge the grace of God. Kind of like we're not just sort of following the leader now, but we're relying on God's grace to grow and mature. We've got to do it ourselves. Um, and then no, but it's, it's knowing God's in charge, really. And so doing that will get us out of... The disciple in this kind of D3 bit is getting out of kind of the childish ways, getting out of kind of all the winds of doctrine, going to the latest book or the latest conference and all of that. They're kind of relying on God themsel- himself to teach them to, uh, to grow. Because in here, in this section, the disciple's starting to learn that growing relies on intimacy with God. Growing as a disciple relies on intimacy, which I wholeheartedly agree with and recommend. Growing intimacy with God. So um, the level three leader, it's pastoral consensus. So there's lower direction, there's higher consensus, there's higher discussion, and there's higher accessibility to the leadership. So friendship is now formed between leader and discipler. And the style is consensus, not directed. Cool. So all this time, you notice that Jesus, the way Jesus is leading people is changing. Okay? He starts off very directive at the start, and now he's become much more pastoral, much more consensus as he's built friendship up with them. The key, however, as well, from moving from D, from D2 into D3 and being at discipleship stage 3 is knowing God is in charge. It's not me that does it. It's not anybody else. God's work. Stage four.
Okay, um, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Everyone got Bibles out? No? <laughs> um, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, So Jesus is taken away. He is arrested, tried, and crucified. Um, But Jesus returns, and he does not spend time with the disciples like he did before. He begins to reduce the amount of time that he's spending with them. Um, And so he's beginning to delegate authority. The disciples begin to take on the jobs that Jesus had done, and they become his representatives or um, his ambassadors where they are. The disciples become more confident and are strengthened through greater responsibility, and they feel more able to live in the way that Jesus has taught them. Um, This has come as a result of deep relationship with him and the experience of living and working with him. Um, As the disciples grow and change, Jesus changes his leadership style accordingly, and they begin to take the gospel into the world independently of Jesus being with them. The disciples have grown in confidence and enthusiasm, and they are able to um, make disciples. They know that God's word and his grace, and they have heard Jesus' teaching, and they put it into practice. Their lives are rooted in Jesus, and their confidence is in him. Um, I'm afraid I skipped the last bit. All right, sorry. Um, In summary, um, in stage one, the leader does, and the disciple, disciple watches. In stage two, the leader does, and the disciple helps. In stage three, the disciple does, and the leader helps. And in stage four, the disciple does and the leader watches. Okay. Thank you, guys. That's grand. So, now, in many ways, life is never this simple, of course. Um, But it's a very, very good just, just idea of just thinking of how we lead. Because, guys, we are called to make disciples. Above and beyond everything else, we're called to always be there, to be nurturing people, to bring them up, every single one of you. If you are following Jesus, you've been called to be a disciple maker as well. And that means just linking in with people, just looking at who can we bring along, who can we encourage, who can we bring through. And this sometimes is very helpful just to see how that can look as you walk and journey with with someone else and Notice that the square never finishes because as soon as someone comes through the other end, they go out and do exactly what has been done with them. Okay? I'll, I'll put this up online. Um, you have a little flick through. It's quite, it takes a wee bit of getting your head around, getting thinking, thinking through, but it's sometimes very helpful. But we're going to just pray together. We're going to have some food. I think the food has been arriving as we've been, uh, been that. Guys, please encourage you all to stay. Whether you fa- well, you've brought some food with you or not, there will be loads, loads, loads at the back there. So we just encourage you to, to stay, um, eat with us as part of what it is to be family together, um, just eating together to have a good chat, enjoy each other's company. So Father, I just want to give you thanks. Thanks for your, your goodness, and just pray, Lord, your blessing on this food. Thank you for it. Thank you for um, just friends.
Thank you, Lord, that we can do life together. We can share life with one another. And Father, I just pray by your spirit, Lord, just be with us. Just, Lord, just for help us as we, we just chat, as we, we spend time, as we, we just, uh, just share, um, share this food. We pray your blessing upon us now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Now, um, has anybody got an idea, a plan of what we're going to do with this food? <laughs> Eat it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there are some plates at the back. There are some. Can I suggest you try and encourage you to, meet, to, to connect with people you don't already know? Radical, possibly, but, uh, um, but do have a good, good chance to just, just to catch up. So if you want to just, just go and help yourself, there's, there's, there's drinks on the side, there's um, food over there. Oh, but actually, before we say any more, a few announcements. Nearly forgot about those. Um, dreadful, eh? Um, announcement number one, um, we're going to have some tea. Oh, done already, okay. Um, right, so this week, Alpha's still going on, um, and uh, we're into week, week three or two. I've lost track of time. Week three? Wow, that's gone fast, hasn't it? Um, can I suggest as well, on Friday, or not Friday, on Tuesday night before Alpha at six o'clock, um, can I encourage you, if you're not involved in Alpha, and you're free around six, come and pray with us. Some of the guys will be setting stuff up, but if you can get there for six o'clock, it'll only be for half an hour, so we haven't got very long, but that might work well, so you can, go, you can come back after work, just come and see us, pray, then you can go for tea afterwards plan. Um, and if anyone comes, could, could gather in. We're just going to pray. We'll pray a bit for Alpha, but we'll pray for the city as well and for other things too. So, but Alpha on Tuesday, and do come and join us in prayer. Just to mention as well, probably for the last time, um, the Terry Virgo thing in September, we're now down to 11 spaces at £10 a piece. Um, it's £15 thereafter. If you want to go, get yourself booked in. Um, I'm not going to mention it anymore until near the time because it'll all be gone by next week, I'm sure, at that lower price. Um, and anything else I should mention? Anybody? Anybody? Going? Going? Gone. Yeah.